You're listening to The Self-Worth Edit, the podcast inspiring South Asian women and beyond to quit playing small and start trusting the power and wisdom within. Join me, Noshin, on Mondays as I share insightful conversations, tips for healthier ways of thinking, and lessons in healing our relationships with ourselves. Thanks for tuning in to The Self-Worth Edit. Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Self-Worth Edit. How are you all today? For me, today I have my essential oils diffuser going. I've got the orange scent in there, which is supposed to help, you know, create a more positive, happy mood. So that's what I'm going for this morning about as we dive into this topic of therapy. Super important conversation and want to make sure I'm in the right headspace. So a big fan of those essential oil diffuser um, machines. I also want to let you know that my upstairs neighbor is around and, you know, does what all upstairs neighbors do, you know, a little bit of tap dancing, a little bit of dropping weights around, who knows what they get up to there, right? So in case you hear some loud thudding or loud noises, apologies, that's what that is. And hopefully it won't even make it into the recording. So we should be all set. So what I want to talk about in today's episode is the topic of therapy specifically, I want to talk through and dispel common misconceptions or pushback that therapy receives in Desi culture. Let me get my disclaimer out of the way here. So I am no kind of licensed expert in this field. I'm only going to be speaking today from my personal experience with therapy and my understanding of it over time. First, let me tell you that while in recent years I've started seeing a therapist, and while it is all true that this began with my last relationship, which I discussed in episode one, these recent years are not actually my first brush with therapy. There are a couple other times in my life I tried to go to therapy. They're pretty spaced out. In those previous instances, I was unable to get what I was hoping to get from therapy because of some of these misconceptions I'll talk about today and how embedded they were in me. I felt like I was betraying someone by going to therapy. It felt wrong to talk to a therapist about personal issues. I felt like I would be judged and maybe part of me judged myself because of the misconceptions we have about who needs or who seeks out therapy. Let's start right out the gate with the most common surface level misconception that if you seek help from a therapist, you must be sick or ill in some unspeakable way. With it being so taboo in our culture, you might also think, well, my parents and relatives have been through much worse situations in their lives and they don't need therapy. There must be something really wrong with me. Why can't I just get over it? This is such a first world problem. Everyone will think I'm crazy. Have you thought any of those? Do those sound familiar? I have a few things to say about this. First, yes, our parents for the most part have not ever sought therapy, although many of them have gone through some unspeakable trials in their lives, in their journey to create a better life for us, for their kids. But... 
that doesn't mean that they wouldn't benefit from therapy. That doesn't mean they might not need therapy. It means they have found coping mechanisms, healthy or unhealthy, or have decided this is how life is, have pushed away those struggles in order to survive and continue life. When our parents set out to create better lives for us, they had an idea in their minds of what that meant, what that looked like, what they couldn't have planned for and what they didn't know at the time is the full range of benefits that opens up to us. One of these benefits is that we have the opportunity to view therapy as a tool, an accessible tool that we can use to not only survive, but to thrive. Which brings me to another point. So often, therapy is seen as a reactive decision, and many times it is that. For me, it was that. But there are also people turning to therapy proactively. Look, as part of the human experience, we all have our stuff. Stuff to sort through. This could range from how we've embedded a memory of a teacher shutting us down and embarrassing us one day, to being bullied by our peers, to growing up in a tumultuous household and beyond. We've likely all experienced and internalized some form of harmful situation that harmed us in some way in our psyche. The way that we made sense of things that happened to us or that we experienced growing up, they still show up in our day-to-day lives without us even realizing it. And in some cases, the effects of this might be bigger than in other cases. But mostly, we can all benefit from having a mirror put to some of those situations and from talking through and understanding if, how, when, and why those experiences and our way of making sense of them are showing up in our present day lives. Are those ways serving us or holding us back? So truly, therapy can be one tool for proactive personal growth. And those who are turning to therapy for that may, as a result, experience better relationships, more success, greater fulfillment. So by our desi mentality, if people are leveraging therapy to improve their overall lives proactively, shouldn't we be getting in on that? Under a similar umbrella of thinking, we view people who seek out therapy as weak-minded. But therapy is about strength and bravery. It's about facing memories and events that are hard and uncomfortable and that you'd sometimes rather not relive in order to use your now adult mind to make sense of things, to dismantle the understandings and beliefs around those memories that aren't serving you, and to reconstruct them or to reshape your perspective around them in a way that allows you to heal and live more on your own terms rather than by falling into patterns that you've formed subconsciously over the years. It's really about taking control back over your day-to-day life and decisions. All right, moving on to misconception number two. Why do you need therapy? You can just talk to us, says your family. 
why waste money talking to a stranger when you have your family as a support system? Okay, first of all, if you haven't listened to my previous episode on guilt, (laughs) go do that. There are a couple things that go into this question from your family. One is likely hurt feelings or feeling betrayed that you aren't able to turn to them, that they aren't the first people you call when you're facing something in your life. In reality, you should be the very first person you consult. And you are not consulting your therapist before your family. You're consulting you before your family. Your therapist should simply guide you to what that is, to what your views are. Second, there is likely fear around this. Fear of not understanding therapy, fear of someone outside the immediate family knowing anything about what goes on inside the family. So here, I'm not talking about how to have this conversation with your family yet. I'm talking about how to combat these misconceptions for yourself first. So I'm going to give you a simple answer to this one. Your family is not objective. They are affected directly by how you choose to live your life. They also have all their own perspectives from their life experiences and from watching you grow up that will factor into their understanding and interpretation and advice for whatever situations you're facing. So were you to try to talk through these situations with your family rather than an objective third party like a therapist, it's likely that your family's input would cloud or counter your own thoughts and would simply not be productive. Therapy is not about how everyone else in your life feels about something. Therapy is an inner journey about getting to know yourself better, getting to know how you make sense of the world. And if you're facing a decision of some kind in the present, yeah, you might turn to your friends and family for advice and their thoughts. But when you turn to your therapist, they are an objective party. They can be a mirror for yourself. They can guide you with questions and from the perspective of an unaffected party. Your friends and family are going to give you advice based on knowing you, knowing themselves, knowing your life, and knowing what they want for you, which certainly might help you and might be something you want to factor into your decisions. But that does not have to be mutually exclusive from therapy, which is a deeper dive into what you want to do, what decision you feel is best for you. And that is something that is worth looking at objectively first. Let's keep rolling here. The next misconception is therapy doesn't work. Listen, it is not a magic pill. It's a process and it's work and you get out of it what you put into it. It also doesn't necessarily show you measurable progress you can point to. Therapy is more about mindset shifts, changed behavior over time, and whether it's working or not is a pretty personal assessment. And if it's not working for you, there are levers to pull, maybe a different therapist with a different approach. Maybe an honest evaluation of yourself. Are you showing up as present and open and taking it as seriously as you could be? 
Maybe your challenge is bigger. This is something to explore with your therapist as well. Could they help you find the right help for you? But this blanket statement idea that therapy doesn't work needs to be challenged a bit. And along these lines of the misconception that therapy doesn't work feels like the right place for me to address some questions I've been receiving through my Instagram DMs and questions I've been asking. So I received a few responses which were all along the same lines of, how do I discuss mental health and the fact that I want or need therapy with my family. It's a tough one, and this could probably be its own episode or a video on IGTV of how to discuss your needs with your parents and family, but I'll touch on it briefly here and feel free to email or DM me and we can chat more. My question back to you would be, why do you need to engage in this conversation with your parents and family? Is it because you're living with them and they still have control over your spending or general life decisions? Or is it because you crave their support and understanding? If it's the former, there are some resources I'll share at the end of this episode and online in the show notes on free and virtual opportunities to connect with therapists that you should be able to engage in even if you're still living under your parents. If it's the latter, you might not like my answer. When we grow up hiding so much from our parents, it gets tiring. And as we get older and we can have increasingly more direct conversations with them, start seeing them as their own people and hope they see us as our own people, it can be heartbreaking to still hit points of disagreement and to still feel like your voice isn't heard your perspective isn't honored, your needs are shrugged off. I'm in a few different Facebook groups with fellow South Asian women as well, and I often see posts of frustration that parents are bringing me down, not supporting me, putting me down, not understanding where I'm coming from. Here's what I have to say about this. This is a huge opportunity to step into your own self-worth and challenge the part of you that wants or needs their support and approval. It can feel a bit lonely and empty at times in the process, yes. But in our community, we have to prove both to our parents and to ourselves that we know what we're doing and can make the right decisions for ourselves. And we're not going to be able to talk them into believing this. We may be able to show them, but even as we do things for ourselves that we need, they may or may not understand. At a certain point, you have to ask yourself what matters more, their approval and support and constantly pushing for it and maybe constantly getting burned and feeling hurt over not receiving it. Okay, get a bit of a cycle going there. Or learning to connect to your inner compass, trusting yourself to guide you toward what's best for you and in alignment with you, and holding tight to that despite who else understands or doesn't. That self-trust, that unwavering commitment to doing what's best for you because you know it's despite what anyone else says, that is a display of being in our self-worth. 
That is not to say cut off your parents, but as tough a pill as it is to swallow, it's a making peace with the relationship you have with them. Understanding that it may never look how you really want it to, or that it may one day in the future, but in the meantime, you still have your life to live, and the main person whose support and understanding you need is you, your own. And I say this as someone who can fully relate, okay? I'm, I'm in the same position as you if you've asked this question, and I'm in the same position of taking my own advice that I've shared. So I hope that that helps you and gives you something to wrap your mind around. Moving along, the next misconception, and I actually got a couple questions about this through Instagram too, and that is that a therapist will judge me and won't understand some of the things that are part of the South Asian culture. This is a valid concern. I mean, they're all valid, but the thing is, there's a response to all of them, right? So you can actually do something about this. You can seek out a therapist who is of your same cultural or ethnic background if you feel that will help lower the barrier of getting things rolling because they'll already understand some of your experiences then you certainly should prioritize that. I know I did. Alternatively, you can find someone who does not share your cultural or ethnic background, but does have some experience working with others of your background and has some of that intercultural proficiency. There are a few resources that I'll share in the show notes and on the website, selfworthedit.com, where you can look to find therapists. And something I want to make sure you know is that if you do decide to seek a therapist, there are different types of therapists and therapy. So there are people who focus on cognitive behavioral therapy. There are more active therapists versus more passive therapists. You can sort of shop around and meet with a few different ones or, you know, hop on the phone with a few different ones, you might ask them if they have some sort of consultation call, like a free call to get started with. And so you can do your research that way to explore and find someone who is the right fit for you, who doesn't make you feel judged, whose advice resonates with you, so on. So do your, there is a little bit of homework and a bit of a lift at the front end of this. Um, I definitely connected with a few different therapists before choosing mine and it's it's worth the effort and just know that that is an option next another misconception you might have that builds on this is that therapy will be weird and uncomfortable let me just tell you you're not wrong but like i said you're not going to therapy to feel comfortable you are going to therapy to challenge yourself to grow yourself to reveal the hidden parts of yourself that are, although hidden, playing an active role in your day-to-day without you even realizing it because they're part of your subconscious. Therapy is about bringing those subconscious elements to the surface level of your awareness so that you can deal with them as needed, so you can integrate them into your present self and so you can be a wiser, more whole version of yourself. That is not comfortable work. But when has comfort ever led to growth? One final misconception I'll cover that you might have is that therapy is expensive. 
So for that, I'll say first, take a look at your insurance and what kind of coverage you might have there for mental health support. If you don't have insurance or that's not an option for you, talk to your employer about an EAP, Employee Assistance Program, talk to HR. You could try to negotiate with a local therapist, maybe for a shorter time slot, and you can also see if anyone in your area does pro bono work. You can also find online programs like Talkspace or BetterHelp. I'll include all of this again in the show notes on the website selfworthedit.com, so you can go back and reference it there. In addition to those, you could consult a service like OpenPath where they connect you with lower cost services. You can also visit a new website called southasiantherapists.org that has recently been created and is designed to connect you with a South Asian therapist if that's what you're looking for. So check that website out. And then there's also the Mood Space, themoodspace.com, which is an e-counseling platform providing mental health therapy for Indians, and they do phone, video, and text sessions. So again, I'll include all of these links in the show notes on the website so you have them handy. One other website I personally really like is Psychology Today, where you can read articles on a whole bunch of topics that might be relevant to your situation, and you can also search on there for therapists in your area. So these are the misconceptions I wanted to go over. If there are additional questions or thoughts you have or something I didn't cover, you can always connect with me either through the contact form on the website, find me on Instagram at the self-worth edit. I will respond to my DMs as long as they're not creepy. And um, I have a lot else I could say on this topic. So there might be future episodes about therapy related topics, including how to get the most out of a therapy session, or when couples therapy is and isn't a good idea, so on. So if you have any questions or suggestions around that, feel free to email me also, hello at selfworthedit.com, or like I said, through the contact form on the website. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that was helpful for you. I hope you learned something new and I hope it gave you some comfort or the encouragement you needed if therapy is something you've been considering or thinking about. Until next time.